Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. y'all welcome back to another week of tis the podcast the podcast dedicated to keeping the christmas spirit alive all year long i'm julia i'm anthony i'm tom do i sound okay real quick you sound amazing i moved the it's all you notice i'm at a desk and i'm not happily reclined and sleepy in a chair i know your eyes are open tonight i know it's so bad i'm so embarrassed i'm an 80 year old woman i really am it's really really embarrassing it's fine. Well, no, because I can relate. So actually, let me tell you about my weekend because that's a good launching off point. Okay. So I'm just going to say, if people don't want to hear politics for a few minutes, jump ahead. But I want to tell you about my weekend. So we talked in last week's episode, right? That we were recording the night before election night and we ended it. Hopefully everyone has a good week. Well, the week was stressful. The week was yes. stressful until Saturday. And Saturday, at this point, the numbers had been the same for like days. And Sarah wants to go on a hike. I'm exhausted from work. So I'm like, go. She's like, I don't want to miss them calling it. And I'm like, eh, they're not going to call it now. Like, it's going to be another few hours. So she's getting ready for the hike. And I'm on the couch getting ready to nap. And I doze off. Sarah say, Anthony, Anthony. And I wake up, I'm like, what? And she's like, did they just call it for Biden? And I look at the TV, it says President-elect Biden. I'm like, I fell asleep through it. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> but let me tell you, it's okay. Because the next thing I know, you hear cheering and clapping and pots and pans banging up and down the streets. And it was amazing. And Sarah and I were going to go into Manhattan to celebrate. But we decided just to go up to the local village because, you know, it's your official hometown. You feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But let me just say, we were out all afternoon and well into the night. It was this impromptu celebration in town. They closed out the streets. People were passing around bottles of champagne. They got a DJ. It was awesome. And it was one of those things, if it wasn't for a pandemic, you know, people would have been randomly hugging and, like, been a lot closer mm -hmm. and everything. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, pure joy. Like, no hate or anything. Like, no, mm -hmm. like, mean-spirited things and like cars would drive by and honk and cheer and, like people driving by hanging out their sunroofs one person with like life-size cutouts of biden and harris and like it was awesome it was awesome and it went well into the night and the next day it was still going but we had things to do but like when we went out to dinner that night like all over our county they had like blown up signs like congratulations president-elect and vice president-elect and it was just an awesome weekend it was like weekend you remember yeah having a weekend like that in a while i know and like sunday my voice was hoarse from the singing and screaming and <sighs> dancing and it was just awesome like they played so many good like songs and for those of you on social media i posted videos and it's it was so awesome. And Times Square still has their big TV screens of Biden and Harris on it. And it was such a fun weekend. And now it's back to stress and everything. But yeah, it was an awesome weekend following a stressful week. And now I'm in a stressful week again. But the weekend <laughs> was awesome. How was your all's weekend? How was your weekend? Um, it was yeah, pretty magical, you, just... you know? We let Ellie stay up late to watch the acceptance speech and just tried to, you know, we're trying to explain it. it instill in her civic duty and i don't want her to come around you know at 30 something years old and start arguing with people who have studied political science and watched every election since they were like 12 years old and tell them how elections work when this is their second election to watch i want to make sure at least never in that uh, situation julia how was your weekend and week it was good so saturday was 
Saturday we were having family pictures taken and kind of like you said, thank you. It was beautiful here in Tulsa on Saturday. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Weather was mild, all of that. The news was good on Saturday, but I was exhausted by the time Saturday rolled around because of, like you said, the stressful week, right? I I don't like uh, stuff being up in the air and... Just real quick before you go on, the weather I think was beautiful across the country that day. It was almost like God lifted a cloud and just let like <laughs> sun and hope come back down, and that's what I felt like. But I love it. Um, this good weekend. I mean, we got a lot of fire pit time. It was pretty chill. The weather was beautiful, and I mean, I don't have anything to complain about this weekend. <laughs> so, how amazing! And it looks funnier than I ever thought it would, but how amazingly hilarious and cute does the Lego Star Wars holiday special look like? I cannot wait. I'm super excited to see does it. That, it looks so funny. It looks not only as funny, but what a cool idea for a plot. Like she gets sent back through time and like you're visiting all the Star Wars movies. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yep, that is awesome. I mean, I was hooked on the trailer the moment it began, and you just heard Yoda, towards the night before life day. And I was like, I'm in. (laughs) Looks awesome. I can't wait to watch it with Ellie. uh, And that's definitely going to be a bonus episode, right, for December. I think we owe it to our listeners and ourselves. But yeah, that one looked really good. Do you know how they came up with that idea for the time travel story? (laughs) They were watching their kids play with Star Wars Legos and realized little kids don't care about the sequel trilogies versus the prequel trilogies versus the original trilogies. They just mashed all the characters together when they were playing. And it was like, oh, that would be really cool to do for, you know, the film to send one of them back through time so you can have them all interacting. It's like it's a yep, cool idea. It is a cool idea. And I just love the humor of those Lego specials too. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Kylo Ren with Big his shirt one. off, giving out the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> And Baby Yoda. I didn't expect Baby oh my Yoda God. to make a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all been watching The Mandalorian? No, I'm waiting for nope. it to all be there so I can blow through it. So good. I can't do the week to week anymore. So freaking good. What's happened to Netflix? I turn it on and it looks just like Hallmark now. With all their original Christmas movies? Yeah. They're I don't even, know what happened to like... me because my cold heart has melted and I've been loving the Hallmark stuff. I've been loving the Hallmark stuff this year. Maybe it's just been a rough year. I don't know, but yeah. I've been loving it. We need some or extra Maybe fluff we've been year. right in telling you that you've been too harsh on Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was told I was right about Holiday by Disco54 on Reddit, who wanted to know why Tom holds movies to such a realistic standard when the gold standard the gold standard bearer on this podcast is Elf, which isn't realistic at all. <laughs> I don't know what... You know what? Prove to me it's not. <laughs> Speaking of realistic movies, tonight we're talking about the 1998 comedy, drama, family fantasy wikipedia wikipedia calls it a dark fantasy comedy is not in they call it an american dark fantasy drama film comedy is not in that description that's a bunch of horse pataki i don't agree with that <laughs> but we are covering 1998's jack frost with michael keaton in it not the psychopathic <laughs> not we the psychopathic still man <laughs> Yeah, not that one. Different uh, which, which we'll have to revisit two more times because I think we discussed that has two sequels. Oh, Lord of mercy. Okay. This they one doesn't have anything to do with the killer snowman. Nor does he look like a killer snowman. And he is Are you, do you see the picture behind me? He, 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 he kind of does look like a killer snowman. Adorable. He's so cute. Sorry, he, sweats his ball, he sweats his butt off. I have words about the snowman once we get into the movie. I have words about you when we get to this movie, Anthony. All I right. I always have words about you, Tom. The gist of Jack Frost is a father who can't keep his promises dies in a car accident. One year later, he returns as a snowman who has the final chance to put things right with his son before he's gone forever. It's pretty dark sounding. Anthony, you want to share your history with Jack Frost? Sure. I remember seeing this in theaters around when it came out. And uh, I remember really liking it at the time. I thought the snowman was awesome, but it was 98, right? 98. Mm -hmm. So I was how old? Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better. (laughs) But uh, I do remember specifically 
that a lot of the theater, especially all the moms in the theater, who are in tears at the end when uh, Michael Keaton appears and then disappears in the snow. And mm-hmm. eh, it's an emotional movie. Um, mm-hmm. I always considered it through the years more of a comedy film, but it's been years since I've seen it. So when I watched it today, I turned it on and I was like, oh man, this is darker and more depressing than I remember it being. And I don't know if I was in the right headspace or not for it. Because like I said, like the weekend was amazing, but like it's back to stressfulness. And I was like, oh, this is, this is dark. Um I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think I was in the right headspace for it today. I definitely don't think it's a Christmas movie, though, but we'll get to that. What about you, Tom? I was surprised this movie's from uh, 1998. I thought it was older. Because mm-hmm. of the snowman? It's not. No, I just remembered being younger for some reason when I saw it. Um, I saw it when I was younger. It was all right. I liked it. I think I've seen it once or twice in the last 20 years. And uh, then I watched it today again. I don't remember if I saw this one in the theaters. Something makes me think I didn't see it in the theaters. But we probably got it at Blockbuster and watched it as a family. Um, because I do remember the first time watching it. Dad was there. Mom was there. So it had to have been one of those Friday night movies, right? Like we did in our house. Um, and I love Michael Keaton. I love him. He was a he- saving grace in this movie. He is so charismatic. So he's my first Batman, like at my first experience with Michael Keaton was Batman and I always loved him as Batman. And so I think that kind of set the tone for Michael Keaton for the rest of my life. So he's my favorite part of this movie. Um, but I also like the story and it is, it's sad. I remember crying when I was a kid and today there were multiple times when I <laughs> was like not prepared for the amount of tears I cry at this movie. And I think part of that's just being a mom or a parent, or I'm not sure, but I totally would have been one of those moms in the theater crying at the end. Um, (laughs) I did think the movie was funny when I was a kid and I still think it's funny. It's got a sweet side to it. And I think the snowman is precious. There is no creepiness to me. The snowman, I, he went on all levels. I'm a big fan of the snowman. Let me tell you, I would have been like that plow driver who every time we saw the snowman had a heart attack because I, if I was driving down the street at night and saw this thing pop up in my headlights, I would have thought that was the end for me. I, I thought Henry this thing was with his little hat. All right. Director for this movie is Troy Miller. He has a little bit of stuff before this movie and a whole bunch of stuff after this movie. Like Flight of the Concords. Like Flight of the Concords. Arrested Development. This movie. Arrested Development. The Office. He did The Office too. He did a few episodes. Yep. He has a hand in a lot of comedy. Tenacious D. Parks and Rec. The Office. Outsourced. Up All Night. Gosh, I loved that show so much. Up All Night. night? I like that one too. Loved that show. I don't know that show. You would like it. It's the one with Will Arnett and Christine Applegate as parents. And Maya Rudolph is in it. And Maya Rudolph is in it. It It only lasted two seasons, sadly. It's so good, though. He did the new abomination of Arrested Development, the non-canonical Arrested Development as well, Anthony. Oh, he produced those. Produced those. Never mind. Did he direct them as well? He directed 31 episodes between 2013 and 2019. So he did no, some he directed a bunch of the 2019. Yep, that's sad. And he's done a bunch of stand-up comedian shows as well. So Jeff Dunham, George Lopez, Chelsea Handler. So this guy's got a long history with comedy. Hence this being part comedy. I was about funny. to say, I, it's funny you said that because right before you jumped in with that, I was about to say, which is what makes this movie a weird choice for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was funny. All right, funny. so our writers on this movie, we've got Mark Steven Johnson. You may or may not know his writing credits from some pretty great movies like Grumpy Old Men. And Grumpier. And Grumpier Old Men. He also did the new Christopher Robin remake, which I loved. Did either of you all see that? That was sweet. That was so cute. That gave me all the nostalgic feels with those. They brought them to life in such a good way, like without making them too cartoony, but making them like still bright and oh i love that movie did the abomination uh daredevil film starring ben affleck and the abomination ghost rider film starring nick cage nick cage 
That was terrible. I never saw the Daredevil Electra film. I mean, Daredevil, the Daredevil one, that's one of those ones where the uh, extended cut was better, but still, like, ugh. All right, so for our cast, um, the actual core cast is pretty tidy. So some of these people we've covered before. Um, starring as Jack Frost, our which is actually his name, like his actual name. It's not just like a fun Christmassy name for a movie. His name is legit Jack Frost. And they didn't um, even make Keaton. a joke about it. So Michael Keaton, we've covered before, as previously mentioned, when we covered Batman. Um, he is, I just wanted to say again, you love Michael Keaton. I love Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. And this film, and we'll get to it, but he was so charismatic. He's just like yeah. one of those people who plays natural really well. You know, like every pause, every like, you know, uh, stutter everything just seems so natural with him it adds to his charm no i love michael keaton and i totally agree with that um he feels really natural in everything he does so can't beat can't beat michael keaton did you like michael keaton in this movie tom uh he's all right he's all right you're all right no i like this movie right. i liked him in this movie <laughs> playing playing his wife gabby frost is kelly preston who we lost this past year yeah, um, talk about a downer on this week when I was doing research yeah. for this movie and just figured out she died today. Yep. <sighs> I love her. Well, you just figured out today that she died, not that she, she didn't died. die today. Yeah, right. I mean, you guys know what I meant. We do. <laughs> Words matter, dead. Anthony. Um, I don't think we've covered her on the podcast, though. How is that? Because she's got a face for a Christmas movie, can I just say. Doesn't she? Like, I feel like she was alive. Well, she only died this year, but I feel like she should have been in a billion Hallmark movies, right? Yeah, she should have. Although, I think she's a better actress than Hallmark actresses. Yeah, that's true. So maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't say that. So you may or may not have seen Kelly Preston in the 80s and early 90s, which was definitely her heyday. Um, so she was in Twins, Tales from the Crypt. Only You, which I love. I love that movie. I feel like I've mentioned it before. Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr., but that's a great, great movie. She was also in From Dusk Till Dawn, which I know we've mentioned before, which is bizarre. Mm -hmm. She was in uh, 1997's Addicted to Love. Don't forget Jerry Battlefield Maguire. Earth. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. You know, I've never seen that movie. <gasps> I know, right? It's that's got a like lot a of Tom Cruise in it. That's a lot of Tom Cruise. I know, and I hate Tom Cruise, but that movie is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, she starred in Battlefield Earth with her husband, John Travolta. Isn't that like the worst rated movie of all time or something like that? Like that? Gotta be it, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's up there she, with Waterworld. You know, I used to love Waterworld. Waterworld, I, th I mean, I don't like it now, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as Battlefield Earth. She was in, do you guys remember that movie Sky High? I used to like that movie. I thought that movie was so cute. Did you see that one? I don't remember that one. That's basically that. with the Hogwarts or superheroes and like the parents are famous superheroes and like one of the teachers wants to lure all these famous superheroes there because he's actually a villain and he wants to capture them and use their kids against them. It's really good. Kurt Russell is in it. Oh, but... yeah. I do remember that. I think it sounds a lot like a Percy Jackson. And it looks like she has a credit to her name that's listed as completed but not released called Off the Rails. So I wonder if she filmed some stuff before she passed away. We might get to see her again. So she was in a few other movies I want to just mention because I really like them. She was in What a Girl Wants. I like that movie. I'm sorry. The Amanda Bynes I really, movie? I, love, I really like that movie. Uh, she was in that awful Cat in the Hat live action film. Uh, and she was in a few other songs with her uh, songs. She was in a few other movies with her husband, including Old Dogs and Gotti. She's a cutie McCue face. She's beautiful. She, she is. She really is. And I liked her as the mom in this. She's believable to me. She was my second favorite character in this movie after Michael Keaton. <laughs> so playing their son in the movie, Charlie Frost, um, you could argue he's kind of the main character because he is the one the action centers around is joseph cross he was in lincoln he played john hay yeah so he has lots of kid stuff but then he grew up and he's kept acting so good for him he was in milk um like you said he was in lincoln he's in the big little lies tv series 
He was also he was in two in... episodes of Mindhunter. I'm so sad that show got canceled. I it am got too. canceled? It got canceled, yeah. What? I love that show. That's like the worst news ever. Um, he is also in an upcoming untitled Paul Thomas Anderson project as well. Did y'all like him in this movie? He goes right. back to my pool of kid actors I do not like. He was not a natural actor no. in this movie. And I feel but like I'm... I would have liked this movie if they got a natural. because it, And it's not his fault. I feel like the script was heavy. Like they needed a really good kid actor. And a lot of kid actors can pull off really heavy. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's not easy. Um, playing our... Other musician, but pseudo uncle to this kid after the dad passes away because he played in the band with his dad is Mark Addy Addy. playing the character Mark MacArthur. Robert Baratheon. So I was about to ask, where do you know him from? uh, Before that, he was in Still Standing where he pulls off a very, very convincing American dialect. I love this actor. I love Still Standing. I love Game of Thrones. I love Still Standing. I love Uh, the Monty. I was really sad that his role on Game of Thrones was so short-lived. Oh, he was perfect, though. He was perfect. He was a Baratheon through and through. And uh, he also played Fred Flintstone in that weird Flintstone prequel movie, Viva Las Vegas. And that was a really weird choice. So I got one of the Baldwin brothers to play Barney Flintstone. And he was taller than Fred, which is just odd. That is odd. He was also in A Knight's Tale. Did I remember one of y'all really liking A Knight's Tale, Tom? Is that you? I loved A Knight's Tale. Yeah. I think it's a was cute movie. It was you. It was Anthony. I was always sad that never got a sequel. I loved that movie. He also played Friar Tuck in the um, Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie. That's right. Did y'all like that one? I had Kate Blanchett in it, so I'm sorry. What's wrong with it? Come at me, bro. So it's it's basically he played Maximus again, right? It was like a it was like a sequel to Gladiator, pretty much. So yeah, I liked it. <gasps> uh, he was in two episodes of Jericho. He was in Mary Poppins Returns. Clyde the Horse, which I still have not seen. I can't Ooh, believe I've seen it. Emily Blunt is amazing. I know. So he was in Downton Abbey. For any of those fans of Downton Abbey out there, as well as he was in an episode of Doctor Who. And then our last cast member to note, just because it plays kind of a bigger part, the end of the movie, is our bully. His name is Rory Buck, played by Taylor Handley. He's been in some stuff. He was in Bird Box. He was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, Hawaii Five-O, Scorpion, we, we, lots of TV. Which actor is this? I'm sorry. Oh, Taylor Spiky Handley. Spiky Hair. This uh, is we're Spiky from- Hair Bully Boy. Oh, he was Dean. Rory. In Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. He was on the OC as Oliver Trask. Come on, you're missing the important numbers, the important credits here. Did you watch that show? I loved that show. That I was must box. That was must must watch TV when I was in high school or middle school or whenever that was. Okay, that was like must watch teen drama TV. The first season, <laughs> at least the first two seasons. That's not the only person we're going to talk about, y'all. That's not the last person we're going to talk about. I mean, y'all. No, we have to mention Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins, (laughs) 90s musical icon, who at least up through 2009 was still telling everybody that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. And who really wanted the role of Negan on The Walking Dead, and so did a lot of fans of The Walking Dead comic, but he did not get it. He would have been freaking amazing. He he looks exactly like he does in the comics. He has that big old thumb head. But I'm glad he didn't do it because I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, I do too. I don't want to hate Henry Rollins. Oh, get out of here! You hate Negan, like deep down. You no, hate I Negan. love Negan. Negan, no, no, Negan's awesome. And I, he's only awesome because Jeffrey Dean Morgan has that charisma. I think, but I, yeah, I love Negan. Yeah, leave it to Anthony to like the to like the the losers and the villains. I think you're supposed to like Negan. I think you're supposed to same time. I think it's that like that's a good writing trick because you start off hating him, but as time goes by, that you really do start to like him. And I think that's credit to the writers there. You can say what you want about how that show's gone downhill, but credit to the writers there for how they pulled that off. 
I didn't. I haven't seen what they've done with him because I hated Negan so much. I stopped watching. Actually, they just did a like they just released. I forget. I want to call it a study, but they found out that that's when the show viewership started dying down when they introduced Negan because a lot of characters couldn't get past that episode when he killed Glenn and Abraham, and didn't want to continue Rough. it. Yep, Still that's hard. when I stopped watching it. I decided that this is just, they're just going for too much gore. This is not storytelling anymore, and I'm out. I suffered through everything else, but that was my final straw, and I have not watched it since. So I'm glad to know that uh, I am part of the reason that it, that uh, it has lost its viewership. Get out of here. I am here. one of those people. Get out of here. Shut up at your face. Shut up at your face. <laughs> sorry, sorry Anthony. I need a t-shirt with your face on it. And with Anthony. Shut up at your face. Shut up at your face. That's right. That would be great. That would be our top selling item in our store. It really would be. Oh my God. Can we, do, can we do that? I'm totally. You can use my likeness. Sure. I wear it. It needs to be like the black and white, like sketched yeah. image of his face. Right. Shut up at your face. Like the little meme with a guy going... But, it's- <laughs> but Anthony, yeah, it's times like this. I'm really sad that we don't uh, record Do video. the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So speaking of suffering, Jack Frost, um, it's a pretty sad storyline. Um, we start right off in the opener learning about Jack Frost himself. So he's a very bluesy rock and roll singer in a very catchy band. The music, I'm digging it. Um, uh, yeah, awesome cover of Frosty the Snowman right there at the beginning. Yep. He's uh, it's got a harmonica. It's kind of his thing. Um, he's a musician. You can tell he's traveling all the time um, because he comes home from this gig at the beginning and you just get that sense, right? He's gone a lot. He's on the road a lot. He's trying and to Michael make it. Michael Keaton looked really good in this movie. And I don't mean yeah, that in like a weird, good. creepy way, <laughs> but he looked like he See, just looked very healthy in this movie. Like he looked good. He was at like... He wasn't he wasn't old or like he is now. He was past the young baby face when he was Batman. He liked like he looked like nice, healthy, middle-aged, good looking dude. He looked good. Uh like he looked like star. a guy who should have let the rock star dream go a long time ago. <laughs> oh stop. <laughs> he did, y'all. He I mean, looked like, he was... like a 90s trying to make it rock star. Let's be honest. Which is what well, they were going to be slightly McGrath. past his prime, too. They were going for that. Yeah, he looked better than Martin. McGrath. I know they were, but it's just uh Ugh. yeah you get some of the storyline he's trying to make it um that he's on his last legs here right like he's been trying and trying for a very long time and hasn't gotten the break that he wanted because you do feel kind of like he's on the precipice and he's starting to question is it worth being gone this much from my kid and my wife to try and make it right right because he has this kind of strained relationship with his son especially not so yep. much his wife his wife keeps is very pretty understanding for the most part she's even super she gets, understanding even though she keeps getting annoyed he misses what's happening between him and the son but the Way son understanding charlie mm-hmm. is very uh understandably upset he keeps missing his hockey games he's not there for holidays or you know important life events and there's that to your point, Julia, heart to heart, Michael Keaton, uh, Jack has with Charlie about like, I've had this dream in your age and I'm still pursuing it and you need to find a dream and not give up on it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was a sweet scene, but yeah, all I could hear when he was doing that was Anthony screaming, I'm a loser. <laughs> okay. And this is a trope we've seen in a lot of Christmas movies. Not that I'm saying this is a Christmas movie, but you saw it in Jingle All the Way. You saw it in the Santa Claus. You saw an Elf, mm-hmm. where you have the overworked, the working hard dad to varying degrees of kindness. Like he's a really good dad. He just works too much. Like you can tell he loves yeah. his son. But this is a trope we yeah. see with the dad who works way too much and is missing out on their kids' lives. So he misses this big hockey game that he says he's going to be there for. And he missed. Because and his son blows recording the game session and he time. loses track of time. His son is unfocused. <laughs> We're calling that not do a good job. Right, right. He keeps so like his son his is clearly suffering. That's right. Well, no, yeah. this is a plot point, right? Because his dad is supposed to teach him that Wayne Gretzky trick, right? I forgot what right, the move is called. The, the J. Secret, the, the secret J or whatever. J hook. Something like I that. I don't know. Hockey listeners, hockey fans, let us know what that move is called. <laughs> 
hockey fans. We're so sorry. Um, we're, we're not into sports ball. The sports ball is tricky. The sports ball is tricky. We're not nerds. We just watch movies, okay? <laughs> we could say sports puck, and we would sound a little more relevant. <laughs> um so dad misses this big game and that really brings about kind of a come to Jesus for dad where he basically says, Hey, look, here's what we're going to do. Christmas is coming. We've got this cabin. Let's go to the cabin, everything off, no cell phones, no TV. They recant on that one. Maybe a little TV. Um, yeah. Maybe a little TV, maybe a little no TV. work. That talk, was cute. Just us. Yeah. Just us. And they're all excited about it. Mom and Charlie are both excited about it. Um, they're packing up the truck. They're like legit about to leave. And he gets this call from this big musician or this big signing a record label, some kind of guy. They want to saying, sign him. I want to sign you. 99.9% sure they want to sign him. But we want to hear you play first. We have to, it has to be Christmas. It has to be Christmas. Because that's only when he's in to town. Christmas. That's right. And so he brings it up to his family. It's not one of those movies. I was glad he doesn't try to hide it. You know, like you see in sitcoms all the time where they're like, oh, I'm just not going to tell them and I'll do this thing and then make sure, get there on time. He tells them about it and he's really reluctant about it too. But the decision ends up being made. Okay. You know, and, and wife is supportive to a certain extent, right? She's like, it's your big break. And she'll she still like, be home for Christmas. She's like, let's try to figure this out and make it work. But Charlie's not. And Jack had given him a harmonica, his harmonica, as like a kind of, you know, gift to him, father-son gift. Yeah. And he takes it and throws it into the snow. He says he doesn't want it anymore. You take it back. He's very hurt. Right. Throws back. In he life. hates, he's caused his son to now hate music. Smooth move, Jack. Well, and I just want to point something out about Michael Keaton's acting here, if I may. I don't think this kid is a great actor, but Michael Keaton can clearly play off a wall of paint drying like it does mm -hmm. not affect his acting ability in the least like you can tell like i mean this kid michael keaton's reacting as if he's up against like freaking jacob tremblay or one of these oscar winning kids like <laughs> <laughs> um right so they the band ends up heading to play this demo or whatever they're on the road um jack frost is is really conflicted about it and it kind of gets to a point and he's riding in, in the car with his buddy and he's like stop the car you know I, this this isn't right and so he gets out of the car and he talks to the rest of the bandmates this made me funny this made me laugh this made, this me, made funny. me funny <laughs> <laughs> this made me laugh nobody um, wants to go yeah his buddy was like oh how am i how, or jack frost is how am i going to tell the band and the, his buddy's like just tell him and so he does, and they're like, yay, let's go home. It's Christmas. So he starts to head back down the mountain to head to the cabin, and he dies in a car accident. So and I'm glad they didn't. I thought it was very you're glad he died in a car wreck, Anthony. No, I'm That's glad harsh. the movie. I'm glad the movie was like class. I don't want to say classy, artsy, classy, something enough. Those aren't the words I'm looking for. They didn't yeah, like show, show us to not show the wreck, not show us mom and son finding out the news they should they, right. they, sh they showed him about to go off the road we fade away and we see one year later and i thought that was the right way of handling it i think so too um right so one year later charlie is a different kid so at the beginning of the movie he was doing a snowball fight standing up for the you know little kids against these bullies and this year he just he's disconnected completely from everything um he's taking it really hard he's having to step into this uh, lead male of the family role, right? Fill that space that his dad left for his mom and he's not dealing with it. And his mom is worried and everybody's worried. Um, and so is Mac. Art. And I really like that yeah. Mac is like, and you know, this happens in real life, right? Like, you know, the good mm -hmm. friend of the family steps in to help, like to, to win, to comfort dies. the grieving, the grieving widow. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, no, no. I was about to say, and I'm really glad they didn't have a romantic relationship or anything. It was purely him from a good hearted. He's taking care of his buddy, deceased buddy's family. So I, really would, uh, I, I get that because the, the guy's out of the picture. So you don't want them to have a romance. It's not like it would be an affair and infidelity that would you would love to see in, a, in your oh Christmas gosh. movies. 
I wasn't a po- like when I was watching this. It had been so many years since I'd seen it. I'm like, you see, do are they implying a romantic thing here? I think they, they, think they, they but they, they weren't. Yeah. I don't know if I would have been opposed, but I'm glad they didn't go that route. I like the way they took the classy road. Like he was more concerned about his friend's memory. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he's like an uncle. And, yeah, he's <laughs> like living up to his uh, friendship. He's taking care of wife. He was like a funkle. It's a funkle. <laughs> A fun, fun uncle. uncle. Oh. The uncle. Christmas is coming. Charlie's melancholy, but he kind of snaps out of it a little bit and he goes outside and he builds a snowman because um, um, he sees the family across the street building it with their parents and it makes And we him... got this scene at the beginning where he built it with his dad. So he's trying right. to recreate that memory alone. But I did want to right. say this was my favorite bit of acting from him before the scene when he's shoveling the driveway and mom comes home and tries to help in and he breaks down and her in her yep. arms. That was the best bit of acting from this kid in the movie. That yep. was big that tears. was all the feel that was all the feels. Yeah. Big tears. Um so he builds this snowman who's precious and adorable and I love him so much. And he puts his dad's hat and scarf on the snowman this precious adorable snowman this creepy looking muppet who looks like who i want to squeeze and love forever because he's precious and cute and he goes into his room and he starts tooting on the harmonica a little bit and what do we see outside the magical wind the The magical christmas wind comes again daddy what's happening what's happening what are they doing to that snowman Except from Family Guy. No, that was Ellie tonight while we were watching this. Oh, really? <laughs> she was so worried about what they were doing to that snowman. Oh, that's so cute. It Why does aggressively swirl around him. That's and guess later. what? Snowman comes to life. And the snowman is Jack Frost back little in disa- snowman form. A little disappointed he didn't come to life and say, happy birthday. I did like the reference to that, though, and how Jack Frost didn't like it too much when he was watching through the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did like that. That was funny. So he comes to life in the snowman, and he kind of just picks up where he was left off. He doesn't automatically know that he's a snowman. So we get a little bit of that comedy at the beginning where he looks at Charlie just thinking he's dad and he's back again, and Charlie sees this gigantic snowman talking to him. They both freak out. A little bit of Is he there. Is he cognizant that he's been dead, or is this news to him, do you think? He, he doesn't know it right away. Because he, he doesn't realize it right away. It's like he realizes it as soon as he realizes he's a snowman. So what they're saying is there is no afterlife, and death is a meaningless void. I don't think that's void what they were saying. That's reading into it very deeply. Uh, no, that's definitely not what they were saying, because when he... When he I'm trolling. I'm trolling. ...hoofs away at the end, you don't get the sense that there's not finality there. So no, that you definitely don't get that sense because he literally says, "This is going away. I'll always be able to hear you." Right. Which right. was a line they could have made better, by the way. That's just an. They could have made that line. whole scene better. Oh, he was well, just meaning the harmonica. That's all. It's just the magic harmonica. You are in. A, you're in a mood tonight, dude. Right. <laughs> and you thought you'd have to deal with Moody Anthony, Julia, but I'm on your <laughs> side here. You're very, you're very sassy tonight, Tom. Um. So we get some snowman stuck in the the um, snowplow and some of that funny stuff dabbled in between in between here. Yeah, um, and, and literal return. potty humor when the dog pees on him. Literal is is humor. animal potty humor okay to you, Anthony? I know you don't like potty humor, but was this? Funny? No, it's not okay for me. That's just a, like the uh, don't eat the yellow snow. <laughs> Come on. Or this is a serious dark fantasy drama film, like a serious film about a snowman coming back to life. Like, don't have potty humor. <laughs> how do you how do you say that with a straight face? This is a serious movie. <laughs> <to make> life. <laughs> this is also where we have the scene with Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins's character, seeing the snowman walking down the middle of the street this in the town hilarious. square and freaks out a bit. And, and it traumatizes is, him the rest of the episode, epi- the rest of the movie. Which this is I where I, what I say about because I know you, because I know you find him cute. But man, this puppet did not age well. And and I'm tell and I'm saying that as someone who thinks the Sesame Street puppets did, you think the Muppets did. I don't know what was going on. If it wasn't just like a big enough budget for this film or what, but this snowman did not stand the for me. Did not stand the test of time. 
I mean, when, I, when we recorded crazy. every single one of our Halloween episodes, I always had like the horror movie monster behind me on my screen. And I'm just as scared with this Jack Frost snowman lurking over my shoulder on my screen now. <laughs> it was when the nun was. His little mitten hands are so cute. And like when he, with his little, I think Were he's there fingers adorable. in there. Were there fingers in there? They Where snapped. do those eyebrows come from? They were. I don't they know, were, but uh, they're very Christmas convincing. Tree. Very convincing eyebrows. Um, okay, so we finally get to a point where Snowman confronts Charlie again, and Charlie realizes this snowman is my father. And it's when the snowman bails him out elf style from this massive snowball yep. fight, right? Where basically Charlie is a sandbag puppet the entire scene and just like sits there doing yeah. nothing the but, whole but time. You, you get the boob joke when the snowballs hit him in the chest and he all of a sudden has snow boobs. And he gropes himself. And he gropes himself. Yeah, that made me laugh too. I'm not going to lie. Very weird um, choice to make for a family Christmas movie. <laughs> so... So dad, Jack Frost, rescues him from when he starts to fall off this hill and they they actually talk to each other and he realizes, because he asks him a few key questions, right? Like, what's my, what does he say? What's my favorite? I don't even remember what the questions are, but it's those, prove to me you're my father. But what really gets them work. Him, it's when he calls him Charlie Boy. Charlie Boy is that does it. And that yeah. also made me tear up because, I mean, I cried everything. So... They know who they are once again. And this leads us to Jack Frost, the dad trying to make amends for everything he didn't get to do when his priorities were jacked up before he died. Um, He gets the sense and we get, well, I feel like he gets the sense more than we get the sense that his time is limited, even though you keep getting weather updates that it's getting warmer outside guys. It's Christmas day, but there's a warm snap coming which is inexplicable to me. Um, yeah, where are they? Are they Colorado? I, I would assume they're Colorado. They're right there by the mountains. There were a lot of, there were a lot of, there yeah, were too many that, did, that to made be no right. sense to me. But yeah, to your point, Julia, you get the sense before, without the weather, that even yeah. he thinks his time is limited for how long he's back in general. Right. So he's trying to make amends. Um, he, they fix, um, they fix their mom's sink stuff that he didn't get finished. Cause as he's standing around and as, as the snowman, he's realizing, Oh, I, I never got to that. And I didn't I fix bailed that. on my and, family. Right. And so they do some of that for mom. Mom is worried because she can tell that one, Charlie's oddly happy with no explanation. And he seems to have an attachment to a snowman. She enlists Mac to help with this as well basically saying like some mate right there will you like talk to him because it, what does Mama, she say like remember how i told you i'd call on you someday for you know man help while yeah, i'm calling that, on you for that, it that was a cute scene i like that scene and, and i, I that was they a were cute talking scene. about the need to help charlie that was real sweet wow he is in a mood tonight no it was i thought it was really sweet like (laughs) that sounded very sarcastic no he's immediately like yeah i'll do whatever for charlie no i was i thought it was sweet i thought his love for charlie and he demonstrates that later on too when charlie runs away and she runs to the Mm -hmm. store saying he's missing he just drops everything and runs out of the store leaves the old guy at the counter but uh I really like Mac and I love how he's both trying to be a father figure and a friend to him. Like, you know, yeah. I'm here for you. Just talk to him. I really liked his, his character. You know, yeah. your mom's worried about you. I, I really like him. And he expresses his own sense of loss this whole year without his best friend. You know, he talks about how he hasn't played music because music that was, was something that you love to do, not something you had to do. And so he couldn't do it for that whole year. And Charlie acts very grown up in some of these moments too. You tell that's part of it, right? He's working through some of these feelings he lost out on when his dad died so suddenly because Jack's 100%. there. In so, and I think there sweet is moments. And I think there is on Charlie's part, and they don't say this explicitly, but there's some kind of underlying guilt too, right? Sure. That's a feeling I'm getting because you assume they knew he was on his way. He missed down the gig to come join them at the cabin. And I feel like well, I feel like that's the underlying guilt, right? Like he was missing hmm. his gig driving home because he saw how upset Charlie was. And they don't say that explicitly. Well, and implied, the way he but, left it. Yeah. Right. What he does say is that he feels guilty the way he leaves it because he took the, he gave the harmonica back. And he felt yeah. like that 
broke his dad's heart a little bit too. And those were the last, the last, the last thing he did when he saw his dad. So we get to see, um, Jack gets to see, well, one, Jack gets to teach his son, the J, forgive us hockey fans, the J hook, the J shot. The J in this really cool secret grotto with like an ice waterfall. And that like was beautiful. Ice. It was beautiful. Really cool. Where Charlie goes really to cool. relax. And There's actually one of those up, up uh, not far from where Sarah's parents live up in Newfoundland. Like next time I go out for Christmas, I'm going to have to take pictures for you because it's yeah. really cool. It looks like Elsa had like worked her magic on it. It's cool. That's magical. Yep. So he gets to teach him that and he also gets to see him do it at the game. And seeing him do it is a bit of a death-defying adventure because he has to cross this hot asphalt to get there. So you get well, some first funny he has to get his dog. He starts who, to shrink. He first he has to get his dog, who he said, "I know we've never seen eye to eye, but how about <laughs> <laughs> I need your help here, buddy? How about those hot poodles, huh? Huh?" And then he gets <laughs> the dog to drag him on the sleigh. He asked, "Don't yeah, I like how he's like? Don't you have any husky friends?" <laughs> Also, did the dog run off or something? Why didn't he just drag him across the parking lot? Because then you, know. you wouldn't have the funny melting so on the asphalt yes. and being so, super short by the time he gets to the other side. So it's a contri- yes, um, contrived. Yeah, contrived. That's right. It's most no, naked it, movie. It was. It, oh, it is not. Oh, come on. As I said I, mostly. I, I, said I was about mostly. to say, I feel like. That was actually a question I have written down for both of you here tonight. What's that? What, who was who the audience? Because I feel like they were going for a kids movie with the snowman motif, but it's pretty dark and serious for young kids who would be into the living snowman thing. Like, was, I'm just confused who the audience is, like who the ideal yeah. audience is. That's probably part of the reason they got 19%, right? On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, f- funny how Tom references Rotten Tomatoes. No, I was just curious what it got. I know, I'm joking. I, I, I don't think it deserved a 19%. I've seen so, a lot. We've seen, we've seen a lot of bad movies on here, and that one is not one of them. I mean, it's definitely no 19%. That's for freaking sure. No. Yeah. So this whole asphalt scene, he's melting. He's stuck at the ice skating rink. How do we get him home? All of this stuff brings about one of my favorite parts of the movie that was fairly unexpected. So the whole movie we're building up this bully at school that's just horrible, right? It's kind of your typical bully, spiky-haired bully boy. And he sees Charlie trying to get his snowman well, somewhere cold. He had seen the snowman before when they were doing that ridiculous snowboarding on a on a sled that split in half. Yep. Well, okay. Let's go back two minutes because before this happens, he runs into mom, right? He, well, he goes to the bank where mom's working. Mom, we have to go to the cabin. We have to go to the cabin. No, Charlie, no. Mom, the dad, dad is a snowman and he can't melt. And she, he runs out when she doesn't believe him. She gets worried, runs out of the bank and goes to Mac who leaves work to help her find Charlie. And there's this funny scene where they're driving (laughs) down the street and Mac's like, (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know what he says something, and she, or she says something. It's like it's a boy and his snowman. How hard is it to, to find them? <laughs> so, <laughs> as they drive by the alleyway, of course they're in right behind a truck. Right, and that's where Charlie's trying to get his dad on this truck that is going up to the mountain. Um, that is going up the mountain, and the bully comes out of the ice skating rink and sees him, and he's like, "I knew it," and so. Charlie is basically at that point. He's like, "Yeah, man, it's like it's my dad, and he's a snowman, and like I don't even you know, know how to much tell it you right sucks now, to not have a dad." Help? That's right. And so he says that, and that kid Rory Buck says, "Yeah, it sucks. A snow dad is better than no dad." And so this bully <laughs> love that dialogue helps him get the snowman out. out of the truck. Yeah, and so they see eye to eye, which I really liked. Um, I don't know. They could have gone really juvenile with it, right? Like they did previously two other times where the bully got his. They could have had the bully get his again. Um, but they didn't. And that made me happy. Um, so they get dad up the mountain. And there's jars of clay song in the background, which even when I watched this in 98 or 99, I got excited about because I used to love that band. Did you get excited anyway. about the Hanson? 
I was not a Hanson fan. I did not realize that was Hanson in the movie. Oh, there were multiple Hanson songs in this movie. Yeah. yeah so. Anthony always has Hanson ready to go. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Taylor Hanson. At any moment. I was going to say, I wish I would have known. We, I could have tried to get Hanson on our, wanted somebody from Hanson on our show for this one. Yeah. So Jack Frost is nice and chilly again at the cabin where, you know, we're, we're full circle here. It's Christmas. They're at the cabin. They were going to be going to at Christmas when he died. And Jack he knows it's senses. That's right. Yep. Um, and he's telling him, I can't be here forever. And Charlie's like, well, we'll just take you wherever we go. We'll move somewhere cold. So you can we'll be here to together. America. And he's like, yeah. And I'm who else was like, even get there. <laughs> you got to go through a lot of hot places to get to South America. That's why you don't right. question movies like this. Well, I think so Charlie was probably like, being emotional and just thinking of watching his dad melt away and uh, yeah. grasping at straws. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Charlie wants him to stay. Dad says it's not sustainable, right? And he basically says it's time to move on. You know, you've got a life, you've got stuff to do, and you can't stay wrapped up in the past. And so mom gets there just in time because she heard dad's voice on the phone because he says, hey, we're at the cabin. You need to come get Charlie. And she's like, Jack? And he hangs up. So she is kind of connecting the dots that Charlie was telling the truth. So she shows up just in time as well to see the magical wind coming back. And instead of a snowman, he's Jack again. Um, yep. but he still is very swirly in the wind. And he gets to say his last goodbyes, you know, I like to love you all to so Char- much. And all I'd like that. to say goodbye to Charlie. Hey, Charlie, we had a time, didn't we? <laughs> I thought that was cute. That was very Michael Keaton. <laughs> this whole know. movie, for all of its flaws, is very Michael Keaton. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is who Michael Keaton is in this. Yeah, I feel like it is too. Like, if you met him, he'd be like this guy. Absolutely. Um, And so everybody gets their nice wrapped bow and you get the sense that going forward, they're all fine, you know. Um, Uh, And that's the movie. Well, I did love his goodbye to his wife too. Every time we say goodbye, I cry a little. And this is a scene that was getting me emotional as goodbyes to them. But then it took me right out of the scene when he disappears. And his final freaking line is, uh, I will always hear you. Like, that's such a stupid line of dialogue. Like, write something better than that. Like, I'll always be with you or something at least. Come on now. Again, I think he's referencing the uh, harmonica. Harmonica. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I kind of got that same sense. Like it was super sad and it was touching, but I feel like it could have been better. Could have been less hokey. Like they could have, yeah, they could have used Michael Keaton better. Frankly, that's what I was thinking. Um, that's the movie. That's Jack Frost. Um, I've got a very important question. Yes. Is this a Christmas movie? No, it's a movie set around Christmas. It's not even set at Christmas. That's my opinion though. I think it has some I think it has some scenes that like some themes that are very Christmassy, like family, the importance of family and making time for family. But I mean like a lot of it takes place in the lead up to Christmas, not Christmas. And I don't feel like Christmas was even important in the lead up. So I wouldn't consider this a Christmas movie. I'd call it a winter movie. What about you, Tom? I don't know. I'm not jumping in, up and down saying, yes, this is a Christmas movie. It has to be. Um, I'm just not really convinced it is or it isn't. Because Christmas is important. I mean, Christmas is... He dies to get home with his family for Christmas. Christmas is the day he disappears again. So to play devil's advocate, though, apart from that one scene with Mac where they're walking through this awesome-looking Christmas village, I don't, like, atmospheric-wise, it didn't even feel Christmassy to me. Like, even a lot of the background music wasn't Christmassy, which I feel like if it, since it is set so close to Christmas, it could have done more of that, more lights in the background stuff. So that's why, I mean, I wouldn't consider a Christmas movie. But what about you, Julia? I don't think this is a Christmas movie. I think the Christmas is a set piece. Um, I don't get any Christmas feels out of it. The family feels I get don't tie themselves to Christmas to me which is odd, right? So I, I sort of feel like they should be enhanced at Christmas time. But for me, it wasn't in this one. And I think that's because 
I don't know. I think it's the nature of his relationship with his family when he was alive, right? He wasn't around a lot. And when he was around, it was a special time because he was around, not because it was Christmas. So for me, it's winter. I've, I've never gotten the Christmas feels from this movie ever. Um, and then we don't make a special point to watch it at Christmas time either. We just, they do play it at least once or twice on Freeform usually around Christmas though. Like, I mean, if you're going to play it on TV, that's the time they're going to play it. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Do we have any favorite quotes or scenes? Yes. So when he's a snow, when Jack Frost is a snowman, uh, I think he started to Charlie at the time. Maybe he's talking to himself. He says, my balls are freezing. Huh, I never thought I'd say that with a smile on my face. Oh, oh, oh snowman <laughs> balls. Get it? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, that made me smile. That made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, I liked the elf scene where he's rocket launching all those snowballs at the kids. And he says, three balls, two sticks, one cork nose, snowman. No, much, much more. I am the wizard of blizzard. And then he gets that maniacal laugh, which always makes me laugh. He says, now run you little mountain goats. (laughs) I liked when they're having their, their heart to heart. And they're trying to figure out what happened. And, and Jack Frost says, you brought me back with that magical harmonica. And Charlie says, uh, you know, something like, I thought you were just making that up. And he's like, yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie had a lot of corny lines that made me roll my eyes. So they made me smile because it was a nine. It reminded me of stupid 90s humor, you know, like when Charlie's yes. like, when, when Charlie's like, you the man. No, I'm the snowman. Like, <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> I did like I mean, watching I him got... walk through town talking to himself while he was, you know, beginning to self-actualize. Hey, this is real. I'm a snowman now. <laughs> We're seeing a snowman becoming self-aware, kind of like Olaf did. I liked when he first realizes he's a snowman, like he's taking his body. There's that moment, I think they're implying he realizes his uh, genitalia is missing because he looks down <laughs> and he's horrified. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, it's funny that you said that about the humor of movies of this type these late 90s kid humor um because i got like i got mighty ducks vibes when they were learning and then there's a part um that i got home alone vibes really hardcore at the beginning and of course now i can't think of what it was but those late 90s movies are pretty nostalgic for me yeah me too there was that one scene too where charlie's like but dad and Jack's like, but dad, but dad, did you just call me butt dad? I ought to make you butt boy. But again, the humor in this, the snowman motif mixed with the dark, serious story they're telling, it makes me wonder mm-hmm. who the audience was for this. I feel like they wanted yeah. to have their cake and eat it too, and they just couldn't strike the right tone, in my opinion. Right. It's pretty heavy. It's a pretty heavy movie. I don't have any other... All I'm going to say, nope. my one last thing I want to say about this movie is rest in peace, Kelly Preston, because she was a beautiful, awesome actress and a gorgeous person inside and out. Does it have a Linus moment? Oh, yeah, it has a Linus We've moment. We've already talked about that. Uh, did we? Did we specifically say it was a Linus moment, Tom? No, it was implied. No, there you go. But yes, I agree. It did have a Linus moment. <laughs> that was a waste of time. Uh, just like talking to you always is. <laughs> God, you sound like and now mom. it sounds like your mom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that records as well in the timing. <laughs> I really do. This one's gonna be hard. In fairness, in all in all transparency, for me to rate because I don't know. Like I wasn't in a the right mindset for this movie today but i don't think it's a mm-hmm. bad movie and i also don't think it's a christmas movie so i don't know where i'm coming in i'm gonna come in at a six for this one what are you anthony oh, i'm so gonna close. give this a five straight up five i'm giving it a four so that huh. gives us an average of five it puts it in tier three of our list hallmarkably average Tied at number 44 with Love the Coopers. Julia's favorite. That's got to hurt, Julia. That hurts a lot. But uh, well, even, though it, even though it's rated hallmarkably average, I would definitely tell people to watch it. It's one yeah. of those things that I think suffered a bit because it wasn't Christmas. I'm but, pleasantly surprised at how y'all came in on it, too. 
was kind of surprised. I was not expecting that. I also think people have to be in a good, uh, the right headspace to watch it. It is not, Julia will say it's a comedy. I think it's more of a drama. It's not as funny as you would think with the talking snowman. That's all I'm going to I would say it's the talking snowman funniness that keeps this movie from spiraling into one magic Christmas sad. Oh, I would totally agree with that. We did get a few comments on this film that I would like to read out. Anyway, you know, you can judge the tone when I read them out. So Robert Nickerson, Robert T. Nickerson wrote, there's a reason why sentient snowmen are rarely done in live action movies. They look creepy. In animation, Olaf and Frosty can look cuddly and sweet, but the Jack Frost snowman looks unnerving and even scary. Plus, I find the story and theme too depressing for a lovable holiday movie. I'll stick with the Jack Frost and Rise of the Guardians. Thank you. Uh, Bridget Oakley wrote, I don't think I could handle watching this movie this year. Rebecca Ball wrote, you all like having your hearts ripped down, stomped on for a non-Christmas <laughs> movie. I'd rather watch Slasher Jack Frost, to which Vic Frank replied, Rebecca, I liked Slasher Jack Frost. And, <laughs> <laughs> and those are the comments we got. So it wasn't an overwhelming amount of love for this movie, right. but <laughs> I, I don't think it's that bad. I do agree with Robert, though, that the snowman is creepy. I've seen... <laughs> let us know what you think about this movie and how it makes you feel um or if you just need to have some some cathartic time after watching it with some people this is great therapy in our facebook group on our instagram in reddit or facebook and you can find all of those by just going to tis the slash reddit slash facebook slash facebook group slash twitter or slash instagram there's another way that you can engage with us, right, Anthony? Yes, but first, before I say that, I will say our Facebook group is totally active. It's a great hub, not only for Christmas and other holiday fair, but just geeky fair in general. Um, you, do you want to mourn Alex Trebek? There's a post for that. May he rest in peace. Mm. Do you want to talk about the upcoming Grinch musical on television starring Matthew Morrison of Glee? There's a post for that. If you want to talk about Andrew Lincoln's upcoming A Christmas Carol, which is far more exciting, there's a post for that. If you just want to talk about non-Christmas geeky stuff, there's tons of posts about things like Batman and movies coming out. So it's a good place that's active anytime throughout the day in any time zone which is awesome because there's always someone to talk to it's a nice central hub not only for tis the podcast but other christmas podcasts you love too like totally rad christmas and christmas clatter so check it out and if you want bonus tis the podcast content check out tis the podcast.com slash patreon where as for as little as a dollar per month you can get bonus episodes last month we had a plethora of halloween content this month we had an election day special. We have a Thanksgiving episode coming up. We have uh, just dropped last week. If you're listening to this, there was a Tis the Podcast After Dark mini-sode that you may want to check out. And uh, <laughs> in which one elf tells a very embarrassing story that we cut out of our main episode, but it was just <laughs> very funny and uh, disgustingly funny for you all to listen to and laugh at that person. Um, so that's up there. Uh, we're going to try to do the Batman The Long Halloween. That's definitely happening this upcoming year. We just don't know which month we're starting it in. <laughs> Hopefully this <laughs> month so we can do Halloween in November, Thanksgiving at the same time. And uh, tons of content coming up. Check it out. What else do we have coming up? we got a couple other episodes that we'll be covering. Next week we are, st- we are doing Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, followed by The Christmas Chronicles 2. And we also have all Netflix, right? All Netflix. Both movies with incredible casts. Even the week after that, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, also an incredible Netflix cast. And we have tons of bonus content coming up in our main feed in December. We have a Seinfeld Festivus episode. We're going to have our annual Christmas Eve story. We're going to have a Hanukkah episode on Patreon and in our main feed. And, uh, I'm going to work on scheduling other stuff with the elves because I think it would be cool to cover things like Andrew Lincoln's Christmas Carol and Star Wars Lego holiday special and things like that because it's been a hard year and we all deserve the extra content. 
So <laughs> your chief elf scheduler is working on it, y'all. Aside from all of the amazing content we've got coming up, we have other good news too. Maybe the best news. We only have 960 hours until Christmas. That's only 40 days. Five weeks. That's like scary numbers at this point. That is a scary number. I only have four more episodes to record with y'all before Christmas. Uh, no, you don't. Like real episodes. Real episodes. Real Uh, episodes. Dork. Bye. Smoking his pipe, baby